When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is a Wilson Wednesday edition of Birds 365. Mm. You're on the Jacob BD YouTube channel. You got your Mac and Mac buddies, McDonald and McMullen, here to hang with you. Yesterday afternoon, Johnny Mac thought I'd kick back, maybe watch my taped version of Raw Live. And then all of a sudden, I was tuned to the NFL Network for hours on top of hours because two major quarterback stories broke yesterday. Aaron Rodgers thing put in Green Bay. And I don't think Eagle fans really believed he was coming here anyway. No, no. But Russell Wilson was traded, and it's not to Philadelphia. It's in the AFC to the Denver Broncos. And I love the fact that I was just discussing with this with Xander, our producer, before we started. That. And this is not akin to just Philadelphia. It's everywhere. Either it had to be, what the hell is Howie Roseman thinking? How did he not get a deal done for Russell Wilson? Or... Ooh, the Eagles dodged a bullet because if they had given up that deal for Russell Wilson, they never would have been able to put this is going to be a Herschel Walker type deal for the Seattle. Se- of course, you know, the answer lies somewhere in the middle. That's a big middle, too. That's yeah, a big a chasm. Damn, damn big middle. Yeah. Oh, which, which side of the middle would you say it's closer to the Eagles missed out on a big opportunity and mishandled their pursuit of Russell Wilson or... Yeah, good thing they didn't because the price was just too high. Which is it closer to? It's closer to they missed out. Uh, and the Eagles know that. I, I I mean, the Eagles, you know, yesterday was such an interesting day. And we're going to get our first guest. But we'll have plenty of time to talk about all this, all these uh, machinations. But it was so interesting on, on so many levels. And the fact that obviously Aaron uh, agrees to go back to Green Bay, which had become clear in recent days that was going to be the end game. And then all of a sudden you start thinking about the next domino and, and, and Denver went really, really quickly. And the fact that, you know, John Schneider, I always talk about all the time, you know, these guys aren't under oath when they're talking and John Schneider said, we're not trading Russell Wilson. All of a sudden, boom, he's out, he's gone. Um, and, it, you know, you start thinking, okay, how did this happen so quickly? You know, we talked about legal tampering. You know, they, this didn't, hey, let's pick up the phone and get this done in 25 minutes. Uh, they've been working on it behind the scenes for a while. And evidently, that's the place, which is interesting, because last year, you remember, Russell Wilson's agent, uh, Mark Rogers, gave four teams uh, that he would agree to waive his no-trade clause. They did not include the Denver Broncos, who needed a quarterback last year. Yeah. Uh, they, they weren't. Um, and that's when I say things can shift dramatically in a year. But and, and obviously for Russell Wilson, it shifted dramatically that he wanted to be in Denver for whatever reason. They got a pretty good roster, but, you know, you could argue other spots as well, and certainly Philadelphia. Um, but from the Philadelphia mentality, Jody, and what you're asking – Look, I don't, I don't get this. I don't get this whole worried about the future. And I've talked about it. Maybe the Sixers broke 
Philadelphia, the city of Philadelphia. We're worried about six years down the line when nobody in the NFL, in the modern NFL, has a plan past two, maybe three years at most. And you you just lived through it with Carson Wentz. He looked like an MVP player. He looked like a home run. He looked like he was going to be the starting quarterback of this team for a decade plus. And all of a sudden the injuries pile up and then there's other issues off the field. Now that I don't want to re-legislate that, but you get the point how quickly things move. Is he going to make you better for the next two or three years? By leaps and bounds, he's going to make you better. He's going to put you in the competition. You're relevant. There's no guarantees of anything in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers had best evidence of that. He's got one Super Bowl championship. It's not guaranteed you're winning anything, but you're going to be relevant. You're going to be in the conversation. You're going to have an opportunity for the stars to align if you have a top, arguably top five, at worst, top 10 quarterback. I think he's top five still, but we, you know, that's, you can parse that out. And he's much better than what you have. I'm sorry for all you Jalen Hurts fans. I really am. I really am. This is a Hall of Fame quarterback. Right now, if he never plays another down, right now, nine stinking Pro Bowls, whatever he's been, should have had two Super Bowl titles. And he's part of the big mistake at the one-yard line, but that was a bad play call. And he should have, you know, put the ball in his pocket. But, you know, the point is, He's one play from back-to-back Super Bowl championships. Now, there's other parts. They had a great defense, all that stuff. It's never just the quarterback. This is this is a true superstar quarterback, and the Eagles know it. All, all they ever talk about. And that's one of the other weird things, Jody. Joe Banner put up this piece. I don't know if you saw it on the 3013. It's our buddy Paul Tomovich writes for and he put up there, he was about to Sean Watson. We'll get to Sean Watson later. That's not important. But all of a sudden, he gets taken down. <laughs> it gets taken down. It's up there. It says the Eagles are the most likely team to acquire Russell, uh, excuse me, Deshaun Watson. Then it's taken down, and it's gone for half the day before it's it's put back up with notable edits. They got a call. Joe Banner got a call. From the Novacare Complex. And by the way, Joe, I hope you're watching this show because real journalists don't do that. So yeah. when you're sitting there yelling at us all day on Twitter, we don't do that. If, 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 if we're doing an opinion piece or, or we have a reporting and it's correct and it's solid, a lot of times, and I've gotten these phone calls, you don't take it down. You leave it up there. The Eagles could have ended this. The Eagles are trying to get, and by the way, the Eagles are right. They were trying to get Russell Wilson, and they're going to try to get Deshaun Watson if if things clear up in Houston and things are trending in that direction quickly, and we'll talk about that as well. Um, They are trying to get a superstar quarterback. They should be trying to get a superstar quarterback. Yes, they would have given up the Denver package, Russell Wilson didn't want to come here. He wasn't going to waive his no-trade clause for Philadelphia. You asked me, did I read the Joe Banner piece on the 33rd team before or after editing? The answer is no and no. Why? 
because of what you just stated. I don't need to read a piece done by a guy who can be uh, reached by telephone and say, uh, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, change it and change it now. Oh, okay, take it down, put it back up again. No, I'm not going to be bothered. I don't care whether he was a major executive with the Eagles for years or not. Uh, the information I'm getting from him now, I got to trust, and I just don't. Uh, so, no, I did not read that piece. Uh, question for you, and, yeah, you mentioned that we're going to have our first guest up. I got a good buddy um, who is the Broncos reporter for KOA in Colorado who's going to hop aboard. He's been covering uh, Denver Broncos for the last five or six or seven years. Uh, good guy by the name of Brandon Cristal, very good reporter. He's going to hop aboard with us um, to talk about the – Broncos positioning now that they've added Russell Wilson, but Eagles positioning. You're right in that if they get Russell Wilson, they become a better team immediately for 2022, 23, 24, however long it's going to go. Um, do you think that people's opinions on we got to take the long look on it were changed in 2017? That when the Eagles got their championship, their uh, the golden goose, that since then people have said, yeah, we had our parade. I'd rather make sure we get back. Rather than take a flyer, rather than push too many chips into the table for short term, yeah, I just want my team to be good year in and year for a longer period of time. An Andy Reid type run where you're going to the playoffs every single year and you hope one year all the, uh, the the breaks fall your way and you end up with another parade. Do you think the fact that they won their championship has changed Eagle Nation's overall look at how to build the team, whether short-term, all-in success is better, or long-range, let's keep this thing going, be good year in, year out, uh, success is the better way to go? Um, well, it changed. So I guess the bigger question is, why did it change? I, I don't think it changed for what you're saying, that perspective, because I think Doug Peterson is proof of that. And, you know, they didn't get Doug Peterson any kind of rope and he got him that uh, Super Bowl championship. So that uh, indicates to me they want to win year after year after year after year. Nothing less is acceptable. So it is kind of a weird dichotomy. Uh, the fact that you're always thinking about the future, but you want to win right now, which is, you know, and and that's the most difficult part of all, right? Serving those two masters that, you know, it's usually one or the other. You go all in like the Rams or you, you, you start thinking of yourself as rebuilding, transitioning, what the Eagles called it, um, whatever. So that's why I put, I, I think it's a generational shift more from my perspective. Uh, in the pan base, and I, I hate to blame everything in the world, but I think you could blame the Ukraine-Russia war on the Sixers as well. as If you would like, you can blame everything on them. And what they did, I think they broke a generation of fans in Philadelphia. And they have this, not everybody, obviously, it's never everybody, but there is a significant group that is always more concerned about the future than they are about right now. And it's weird. It's it's weird because that's not their job. That's the job of, and you have no control over that. You know, one thing, you know, coaches always talk about the players, executives talk to coaches, blah, blah, blah. It's become a cliche around the NFL. Control what you can control. Well, as a fan, you sure as hell can't control what the Eagles plan is for four years down the road. And by the way, I, as I whisper in the microphone, they don't have a plan for four years down the road, Jody. 
they're one of the most forward-thinking organizations, and they think in two- or three-year blocks, at the most three years, because they know it's too fluid of a situation to start. Now, when you draft a quarterback, when you draft a young quarterback, there are certain positions that you hope can play for a very long time. Quarterback is one of them. So if you're taking Trevor Lawrence, for instance, last year, you're hoping he's going to be your quarterback for 10 maybe even 15 years. That's your hope. But you're certainly not thinking of what your team's going to be looking like in 2033 with Trevor Lawrence as your starting quarterback. You just hope that he's a great player, a Hall of Fame player, and it works out for you. But when you're building rosters, you're talking about two, again, perhaps a three-year increment, and that's it. So I don't get – I don't understand fans who are – we got to get this guy for 10 years. We got to get this guy for 10 years. And again, I go back to Carson. It looked like you had a guy for 10 years and he didn't, you didn't because there's so many things that can derail that potential from, and it doesn't have to be injuries. It could be injuries. It could be a, a, a cocktail of things like it was with Wentz. It could be, you know, Raiders fans were probably saying, man, we got a great deep threat receiver for years and Henry Ruggs, and all of a sudden he makes a stupid mistake and he's in prison and it's gone. Poof, it's gone. And so I don't understand the mentality of always thinking about the future and especially, in a, and by the way, a passionate, passionate uh, sports city like Philadelphia you would think they would want to win and want to win as quickly as possible. And I think they do, but I don't think they see that disconnect. If you're trying to tell me that the, uh, in your opinion, uh, misguided handling of how you should look at teams in your town here in Philadelphia, that you have to blame Sam Hinkie for it. Okay, I'll sign up. Any blame for Sam Hinkie, <laughs> I'm in for. Uh, put my name on the list of those who are not happy because we have a Sam Hinkie-like mentality here in Philadelphia even though I, I'm okay with the fact that I think people can look at the amount that the Denver Broncos paid for it and go, no, the Eagles would have had to pay more because I think it's pretty well uh, documented and figured that Washington wanted no part of trading him to an NFC team. And Russell Wilson, I think geography played a big uh, part of this. He wanted to stay on the West Coast. He didn't want to come east. He, Denver is more west coast than it is east coast. It's not right on top of the ocean out there, but he didn't necessarily want to move himself and his entire family to the east coast. So I don't think he would have uh, given permission. Yeah, I don't to think the- he would have came here. So yeah. from the Eagles' perspective, I don't think it was uh, a matter of not matching. I, I don't think it ever got to that point because he wasn't coming here. And you're right. And we've had this discussion as well. Seattle didn't, uh, Seattle wanted him out of the NFC, yeah. which you can argue uh, the good or bad of that, but th- that's what they wanted. They wanted him out of their at least immediate uh, conference and, and into the AFC. So you're right. I don't think the Eagles had an opportunity. I'm not criticizing the Eagles. I don't think Russell will. If you want to criticize the Eagles for anything, the organization, it will be not having a team that a quarterback like that would want to go to. Then you could start talking about the roster building and how, you know, we talk about you need explosive playmakers and we talk about Amari Cooper, Mike Williams, you know, players like that. When I said they're not coming here, not not at this stage. Yeah, but see, Um, I'm going to cut them slack there too because I really do think geography had something to do with it. 
Russ was on record yeah. a couple times talking about being on the West Coast, that his family's on the West Coast, he's comfortable on the West Coast. It's I don't think it just came down to he analyzed the roster. I'll give you my opinion right now. Eagles roster, Denver roster, before yesterday's trade, pretty damn even. The Eagles made the playoffs, the Broncos didn't. Now, no, I think the, it's more perception than anything else when it comes to my players. perception. Had had it in reality, sometimes you got to take a peek at reality to focus your perception. How the Eagles make the playoffs in Denver's over for the last? Well, five years? yeah, I mean, if you could get a player in a room and explain these situations, but uh, unfortunately, players are geared up into uh, perception a lot of times more than the reality of a situation. If they have, you know, a big name, you know. Oh, Cortland Sutton. Oh, Jerry Judy. Oh, oh, you know, these are I'm going to throw to Javante Williams. Oh, you know, maybe maybe the entirety of the team is better in Philadelphia. And I think you could make a strong argument that that's the case. But, you know, the perception from a quarterback is probably looking at those guys and saying, oh, that's probably better than what is in Philadelphia. But I also think you're right. Had nothing to do with that. He didn't want to come here for whatever reason. Deshaun Watson wanted to play in Miami for whatever reason. I mean, sometimes it just comes down to players want to play in a certain spot. You're right. And if they have the go, uh, the say so, that they've got a no trade clause and they basically can dictate terms, there's nothing you can do about it. And yeah. if the guy didn't want to come here, if Deshaun Watson doesn't want to come here and he's the only one left and we've got some Deshaun Watson legal uh, issues to deal with and discuss today, uh, we can discuss them. We're going to discuss them. We don't know what the Sean Watson stance will be when presented with a trade. Whether they'll say, oh, yeah, I can go play for the Eagles or not. But we now, after Russell Wilson is traded, are pretty sure that Philadelphia was never really an option for Russell Wilson. All right. We'll take our first time out of the day. I just mentioned to you a couple minutes ago, our first guest is a guy who's been covering the Broncos for years out in Denver. Bronco reporter for KOA Colorado. Brandon Cristal should be streaming on in with us here on Birds 365. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We've got your Mac and Mac guys, McBowen and McConnell. Here we've got Break 365 on a Wilson Wednesday because yesterday Russell Wilson was traded, not to the Philadelphia Eagles, to the Denver Broncos and uh, waiting on my bud, uh, Brennan Cristal for KOA Colorado to, to jump aboard with us, give us some Denver perspective. John, I'll give you one thing that uh, I can positively spin from what came down yesterday from an Eagle perspective is – you believe the Eagles inquired about Russell Wilson. Oh, you believe yeah. they had uh, conversations with Snyder and maybe even Pete Cowell, who uh, blatantly came out and said, we have no intention to trade Russell Wilson. Oops. Mm. Uh, mm. The old not under oath uh, coverage again yesterday. I love the line you use. Um, I, we got no leaks, no information. Eagles are talking to the Seahawks. We're assuming this now uh, in 2020 hindsight after the fact. Uh, but I certainly am going to assume just that, that the Eagles were in on the conversation because it was reported upwards of 12 teams jumped in to talk about the Broncos. Hey, the Eagles did a good job keeping it under wraps. It did not leak out, and I think that's a good thing. No, I agree. And uh, I, I I was told the same thing you just said. There were upwards of 12 teams. So, you know, just from the Eagles' history, they're making the phone call. They're doing the due diligence. And it was interesting. Brandon, we're going to pop up Brandon now. Um, you know, somebody, I think it was, let me get the name right, that we got you, Brandon. So I'll I'll start this with you. Jake Heaps uh, uh, was on your station, KOA, from Seattle Sports 710. So I don't know Jake, but I assume he's well plugged in with the Seahawks. Um, he, he said Seattle turned down Washington, which everybody knows. Also turned down an offer from Philly during the combine. Have you guys heard that from the Denver perspective? I haven't, but at the same time, and guys, good to chat with you this morning. We didn't do a lot of digging as to who else didn't get Russell Wilson. Spent <laughs> spent most yeah. of the day excited that that the Broncos were landing now a third Hall of Fame QB here since John Elway got to town in 1983, which. Uh, I guess by my math, I don't, I'm not sure anyone's had that. You've had a, a couple of teams that have had two Hall of Fame caliber QBs. I would throw Andrew Luck in that in terms of his caliber. We just know he cut his, his career Green, short. Don't forget Green Bay. They're, they're well, no, Green, Green, 30 Green Bay. years. Yeah, the Green Bay being the, the gold <laughs> standard. Yeah. And look, the Niners back-to-back to go from Joe Montana to Steve Young. And there was obviously a gap from, from John yeah. Elway to Peyton. Man, most teams don't get two. A lot of teams don't even have one, right? And I think Eagles fans can <laughs> – can can understand that i'm not trying to pick on anyone yeah yeah you are you 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 thank you very much buddy and look and donovan McNabb was a hell of a player and under the right circumstances the ball bounces his way maybe he's got a lombardi trophy or two and we're talking about a gold jacket ceremony for him instead he he's in the hall of very good but it doesn't surprise me if the eagles did in fact make a, a strong offer because if john schneider was open for business no one's going to be open for business for just one team. You have to decide, yeah. okay, where will Russ be willing to go? So I think that factors in, but you still need to have these conversations and then present them to, to Russ and his agent, Mark Rogers, and say, these are the other teams interested. But I do think 
the the notion that they didn't want to have to go through them to get to a Super Bowl. There's probably some legitimacy to that. So beyond just Washington, it wouldn't surprise me at Phillies. And there may be a couple other teams that at least kick the tires on it. BK, um, the picks are the picks, and they gave up a lot of picks. Two ones, two twos, a flop of a four and a five. But they gave up three players. If you include Drew Locke, so be it. I'll bet good money he's not the starting quarterback for the Seahawks, but they wanted him in their room to give him that. Okay, fine. Out of the other two guys, the D lineman, the tight end, which one of the Broncos is going to have the tougher time replacing? I think Shelby Harris for a couple of reasons, and not just because he and I do a podcast every week. We're going to keep doing the podcast. It's just going to sound no. a little different. Uh, we, we're not doing it this week. We're going to take this week off and, <laughs> and maybe, even, maybe even next week. We were actually supposed to tape yesterday afternoon. It was my anniversary, and in the middle of trying to color pottery with my wife, apparently that's the eighth anniversary present. The news breaks, and, <laughs> and I was going to sneak that in because then we went to Hamilton last night. Did get to do that. But the Shelby Harris podcast taping for this week was off and, and will uh, we'll be on hiatus at least for a week, maybe two. Shelby is a, not only a leader, he's been really effective. He's been the best at the, at the maybe not just a defensive line spot, but I think in football the last three years at knocking the ball down. You say, okay, well, maybe you're not getting to the quarterback enough, but there's still an art to that and to be sure. the best in the league at anything. And it's happened in really big spots on third downs and it's gotten him off the field. And then he was right at the top of the Broncos sack list last year which also i guess says something about von miller and, and bradley chubb once he was back that that shelby harris was there but they'll miss his leadership as much as anything he was one of the few veteran guys that guys really ra- rallied around no offense we've seen the talent but no one's confusing him with his fellow iowa hawkeye george kittle or with the guy in the division like travis kelsey not yet plenty of talent there but they also have this kid albert o okuebunam who's basically as fast as Noah Fant, and they think that he can do a lot of the same thing so I think Shelby's the bigger loss. Drew Locke, certainly a, a question mark. We know the talent, but no one's expecting him to duplicate what Russ did in, in Seattle just yet. Maybe he'll surprise all of us. Well, happy birth anniversary, number one, Brandon. So, Thanks, I, And you taught me, and I'm past eight years, and I didn't know the pottery thing. Yeah, so that's I, probably, I missed, you I missed that taught, one, too. Yeah, you just taught me something. Ago. That's probably going to come back to haunt me at some point that, yeah, year eight, I didn't know it was pottery. Uh who did? But thanks for that. Uh, I I do want to talk about, and, and I mentioned to Jody before you popped on. You go back to last year, and and you mentioned Mark Rogers, who's Russell's agent. You know, there was talk of Russell moving last year as well, and he had put out four teams pretty publicly uh, that Russell would accept trades to. Denver was not on that list. So, what do you think happened in one year? Because the Broncos weren't exactly set at quarterback last season um george payton have to do the convincing russell just looking at the offensive skill position talent what do you think changed in that calendar year yeah i think there were there were a few things but the draft george payton put together they gave out some award last week at the combine that yeah, no one's ever yeah, heard yeah. of uh <laughs> but it was, it was a fifth year it was a fifth year yeah. they've given this out i guess yeah something called inside the league gave the broncos the best draft and George Payton says it's weird winning seven games and getting an award uh, when he received it. But when you draft Pat Sertan, who feels like a perennial Pro Bowl type, you draft Javante Williams, certainly going to be a fantasy darling this year, regardless of whether Melvin Gordon's back or they pair him with a young back or maybe a different vet. And then you look at the at the skill spots with Jerry Judy and the talent. We know it hasn't really materialized just yet. Injury is part of that. Cortland Sutton coming off injury, played pretty well at 
stretches last year. Tim Patrick, they really like KJ Hamler and a solid O-line. Not a great O-line, but a solid O-line and what Nathaniel Hackett's offense can be. I think they just became a little more attractive. I'm guessing Peyton Manning might have had a little something to do with it. I heard through the grapevine that maybe Russ was talking to Peyton about life in Denver. Aaron Rodgers has certainly talked to Peyton about what it was like coming here at the end of his career. And I think the, the biggest maybe endorsement is not just that Peyton Manning came here, but that he stayed here. He could live anywhere in the world, right? Certainly anywhere in America, ties to other cities that are stronger than his ties to Denver were, New Orleans and, and Indy being at the, at the top of the list. And he's choosing to live here, and that might, that might speak volumes uh, as much as anything else. And so I think when you, you looked at all of it, you look at a defense that's been top three, top five, without a good offense, the, the, the stars just kind of aligned. And when Russell's looking at it, knowing his AFC destinations were either Pittsburgh, maybe Nashville, which is certainly cool, Indy, Denver became the, the best choice. Because uh, certainly with the new head coach in Denver being the former Green Bay Packer offensive coordinator, if you were going to suggest the Packers are going to get a Hall of Fame-type resume quarterback to come in, his name was going to be Rodgers, not Wilson. Well, that's not the way it worked out. Why do you think that happened, that they got a good sense that Rodgers was going to stay put? They aggressively pursued Russell Wilson some people say that shows they preferred Russell Wilson. Why Wilson, not Rodgers? I think the most obvious is the, the age difference. Aaron Rodgers is 39. Russell Wilson's 33. He'll be 34 right after Thanksgiving. His birthday is November 29th. So you're going to give up a haul for either of them, and you probably would have given up almost the exact same package for Aaron Rodgers. Until you have that Hall of Fame-type QB, the rest, to me, is all window dressing, unless Kyle Shanahan's your coach and he can get Jimmy Garoppolo near a Super Bowl and to a Super Bowl. But other than that, and Nathaniel Hackett may be a good coach. Matt LaFleur may be a good coach, but but they're going to have, as John Fox used to say, show me a good coach, I'll show you good players. Uh, Matt LaFleur now gets a fourth year with Aaron Rodgers, and, and Nathaniel Hackett gets to start his career with Russell Wilson. I think that as they were lining deals up, you have to see how willing are teams to engage in trade discussions. And clearly Seattle, they knew they were going to move on from Russ at some point. He only had two years left on his deal. He kind of started this ball rolling down the hill right after the Super Bowl last year when he went on the Dan Patrick show and talked about how unhappy he was about some of the things going on there. And so there was a bit of an opening. And unlike the Packers, who, as we heard, did not receive any calls. And, and I joked that if you never answer the phone, you're not going to receive any calls, right? Uh, uh, I know about my car's extended warranty only because I'm stupid enough to answer when I get, when I get those calls. Uh, but the, the Seahawks, like a, a number of teams, and I think George Payton falls into this category, will listen to every deal, right? Most teams yeah. aren't trading their likely Hall of Fame QB. If you call the Chiefs, they, Brett Veach might listen to the call and be reasonable and say, well, of course we're not trading Patrick but we'll trade you Chad Henney or, or whatever it may be. And so I, I guess they found that opening with Seattle. And as they were lining up, not only the framework of a deal through, you know, back channels with green Bay, they were also able to get a deal in front of John Schneider and Pete Carroll. And I think that's what really helped get this ball rolling. So it's very early, Brandon, but, but is there a party atmosphere in Denver? There's always certainly a certain level of party atmosphere for obvious reasons, but um <laughs> We look at the AFC West as a whole. Not only do you have a Hall of Fame quarterback, but you look at the AFC West moving forward in Patrick Mahomes, you mentioned. And now uh, Russell Wilson added to Justin Herbert and Derek Carr. Derek Carr's the run of the litter. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, That's pretty good compared to other divisions. We got we, we might be looking at quite the run of, of exciting football 
in AFC West world. What's what's funny is the NFC West, I thought for my money was the best division in football. And you had three teams in the playoffs last year. If all four would have gotten in, it wouldn't have surprised any of us. The Eagles essentially took the Seahawks spot in people's minds, right? In terms of a second playoff team from any other division because we just know that the the other parts of the nfc weren't that good i think the eagles surprised a lot of people maybe you guys being high on the list especially with all the systems nick sirianni put in place but with russ and and the seahawks not getting there you see what the cardinals can do when kyler's right and and how talented that roster is on on both sides of the ball in a lot of spots and the rams won the super bowl and the niners are gonna just be in that mix i think as long as kyle shanahan and nick bose have something to say about it so you, you now flip that and send Russ to the AFC West. The Seahawks have to drop off unless they, I don't know, land Deshaun Watson or trade for a vet. Maybe they can not only get Carson Wentz, but get him to get over the hump that the Colts certainly could not uh, in, in big moments, <laughs> right? Jody, so I wouldn't, Jody's I, shaking his head. I, no, I wouldn't bet on it. We, we've seen – what's funny, real quick, and, and side note, because this came up a lot in Indy because of, of Carson Wentz obviously still being there, is – I'm one of the people that definitely said Carson Wentz was playing like an MVP, would have won the MVP. The part that that we don't necessarily focus on, but you look at how he played in, in big spots in Indy, is down the stretch in the playoffs, there's a chance Carson Wentz could have had a Carson Wentz moment and his MVP season would have been dashed and the, and the Eagles didn't make it to the Super Bowl in Minnesota. So it's just something to think about, but certainly I know that everybody there doesn't want to spend too much time. They like their championship gear and what Nick Foles did in that run too much. But so... It, 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 I just put Wentz up there. A rookie QB is not going to come in at nine and, and be dynamic right away. So the NFC West dropping off a little. The AFC West, if all four teams got to the playoffs this year, I think the Bengals and Ravens might have something to say about it. But do the Patriots take a step back with no Josh McDaniels now calling plays for Mac Jones, Matt Patricia trying to learn how to be an offensive play caller again? Uh, probably so. And, and we know that after the Titans that the AFC South feels like a bit of a mess, even though the Colts have a good roster. So I, I think that, the AFC West is going to be a, a bit of a murderer's row. And it's cool that Russell Wilson or that Aaron Rodgers even entertained it. And you believe the reports out there that say for Rodgers, he really did think about Denver, uh, but that that Denver playing the Chiefs twice a year, playing the Chargers twice a year, playing the Raiders twice a year, doesn't scare off Hall of Fame QBs because they yeah. think they're going to win every game anyway. Yeah. All right, BK, tell me if I have to apologize to one of my callers from my radio show last night. I uh, called in and said, when John Elway wants that Hall of Fame quarterback, he just gets it done. And I said, I don't think John Elway had a whole hell of a lot to do with mm. this deal. He's a figurehead now in Denver. Let's give credit where credit is due. Peyton's the guy who got this deal done. Did I underestimate John Elway's still ongoing effect on the Bronco uh, organization? The only influence John Elway may have had is if Russell Wilson, beyond talking to Peyton Manning or people like Peyton Manning or near Peyton Manning also talk to John Elway, but John Elway, not only is he no longer involved in the day-to-day -day operations and that was taken <clears> away from him a year ago, he was promoted to finish out the final year of his deal to president of football operations, which was already his title. So he was re-promoted to a title that he already had. <laughs> GM was taken away from him. George Peyton ran the show last year, ran the draft, ran free agency really from the time he was hired in, in mid January. And so John was around, but, they owed him six and a half million dollars and you just don't fire John Elway, certainly not in Denver. And, and so John was around last year and I think surprised some people he was in the building a little more. I like the joke that was just around tea times, right? You can only play so much golf. So you swing by, you get a workout in, you see how things are going, hop in a meeting and, and then you move on. Maybe you have lunch or coffee with George Payton just to see how things are going as a first time GM in his first year in your town and your building. He is now an outside consultant. 
So I think they took his office away. I can't swear they took his office away, but they likely did because they just need it for other offices. And I think he's making around a million bucks to get a ring if they ever, ever win, uh, whether it's an AFC or certainly a Lombardi trophy. But John Elway had absolutely nothing to do with this beyond maybe a chat with Russell Wilson or someone close to him. So, yeah, it's all George Payton that gets credit for it. And that will be interesting. We certainly are prone to recency bias and hyperbole. But you guys have watched football. Uh, I don't say a lot longer than me, a little longer than me. You got me by a couple <laughs> years. Oh, yeah. We've seen Hall of Fame quarterbacks change teams, and we've certainly seen it with Peyton coming off an injury. With Tom Brady, he's in his 40s. And, and those obviously worked out well for those two teams. That was the only time you won a Super Bowl. Then you go back to Joe Montana, mid to late 30s. And you got all those other guys, the Joe Namus of the world, guys at the end of their career that went somewhere else, and it didn't really turn into much. Johnny Unitas, right? We could go down the list. But we've never seen a 33-year-old Hall of Fame QB in there, prime traded. You can't talk about Drew Brees either because he was coming off a shoulder injury, and we didn't know he would turn in to yeah. this. So yeah. this has a chance to go down as the biggest – trade or at least the biggest QB trade of all time if the Broncos can have anywhere near the success they had when Peyton was here all right last one from me Brandon I know you got to run for another hit um but uh well first of all they got to give John Elway the office they got to keep the placard up on a broom <laughs> closet something I mean they got to show some deference but the uncertainty of the ownership situation in Denver how did that play into it at all? Nothing, no big deal. I, I don't think it did because anyone that's looking at this Broncos situation can look at a couple things. They can talk to anyone related to the organization. And, you know, I, I do a podcast with Shelby Harris, as I mentioned. And so even though it's going to change, Shelby and I talked about it some. He's like, other than an owner not coming in and shaking our hand after a game, you wouldn't know. We don't, they don't cut corners here. They have all of the state of the art. Uh, upgrades that they've needed to make in recent years. They, they did a $30 million renovation that added a really nice indoor facility about six, seven years ago uh, near the end of, of Peyton's career. They've thrown stuff in the training room, cryo and extra cold and hot tub, you know, and, and chef all day long and all that stuff. So you wouldn't really know. And, and they certainly have spent money in free agency and taking care of their own players. So the, the other part of it is that you look and you see, oh, is Jeff Bezos involved? Are these other billionaires involved? Kanye West and Antonio Brown want to buy the team. The Broncos <laughs> are going to sell for $4 billion. And, and any ownership group or, or an owner that's going to spend that, you got to think, will continue to take care of the players. If they don't, it's going to be an issue in a town like, like Denver. They'll notice. But does it come with maybe a new stadium or a revamp to – in power field at mile high and, and the area around there that the Broncos own, they could develop all that. I think that's part of one plan unless there's a new stadium somewhere else. So I don't think the ownership uncertainty has factored in really at all to any moves the Broncos have made in recent years. And in some ways it's given whether it's John Elway before or George Payton more freedom to go do what they want. There's not any pushback from an owner that says, no, maybe I don't want to do that. Or maybe I don't want to write this check. They've been able, they've essentially had a blank check to sign guys that they need to make the draft picks they want. Right. There's certainly a time where an owner is going to come in, ask the folks in Washington about the owner influencing yeah. their draft. And, and the folks in Philly. Yeah. Yes, and, right here. Right. Right. Yeah. In Philly. And, and we know about obviously in Dallas, I know it's a little different there. Um, but regardless, the ownership hasn't, hasn't really been any kind of red flag. Well, it uh, may very well have helped to get the deal done yesterday because of uh, not overbearing oversight. All right, Cristal, here's the good news. If one of your kids' birthdays pops up draft day weekend, 
You don't really have to sweat that now since the Broncos don't have their first round pick. They don't have their second round pick. You can ask for the weekend off and uh, make maybe sure I'll go to Ve- maybe I'll actually go to Vegas. You know, I was in the Indy last week and Jody Mack, I didn't tell you this. I was working as the Fox Sports Radio combine correspondent. And I did hits cool. all over the country. I think I'm going to do it from the owners meetings. And then, and then we've been talking about Vegas. And it was like, well, I need to race back Friday for for obviously a press conference well there's no press conference happening friday now (laughs) so i think i'll go i'll go out to vegas on tuesday and i'll get back on saturday morning for the day three stuff i'll take a a, that 6 a.m flight out of vegas be in denver by 9 30 and cover day three of the draft here in town because we know they'll have picks then but and and a press conference there but yeah it it becomes much easier over the next six weeks as to how the broncos are going to approach the draft BK, great stuff. Appreciate coming on. No, you got another hit. You got to take. Thanks for giving us the Denver perspective on the big trade yesterday. We'll talk to you again down the road. Yeah, it's nice to be relevant. It reminds me of the Peyton Manning era. For about six years, unless the Broncos were playing somebody, not much relevant. So I, I think my dance card's going to be a little bit busier, and I'm all about it. Enjoy the spot. Thanks, That's Brandon. Brandon Cristal from KOA in Colorado giving us the Denver outlook on the deal. And the, that last part that he discussed was actually – uh, very informative. The, the ownership up in the air. What are they going to do? How much? Eh, no. Well, yeah. well, the wife's away. The kids yeah. get to play. No nice. real owner in the house. Yeah, we do whatever the hell we want. That yeah, we know. I mean, clearance. for the most part, I typically say about uh, Jeffrey Laurie, I, I, I think having an involved owner is more good than bad. Um, but yeah, Brandon brought up a good point. It, it, it in this small situation it's probably been more good for george payton than bad because he doesn't have that you know hey let's draft jalen hurts here <laughs> let's you know you don't have that whisper in your ear you can just do what you want to do and it's a smart football guy i mean then people have been talking about i've never seen a guy eric DaCosta in baltimore and george payton in minnesota he got so many gm interviews uh, before he actually took a job, he was just waiting and waiting and waiting for what he thought was the best situation. He had over 10 interviews to be a GM. And he just said, oh, not interested right now, not interested right now, not interested. And then bang, you know, early success, as you mentioned, as Brandon mentioned, top draft, he got uh, the combine award. You know, it's still early in the process for him. They only won seven games or whatever, but. Good start for him in in Denver. And uh, I've known uh, BK for sneaking up on almost 20 years now. Uh, He was my producer at Sirius XM. Then he was my producer at CBS Sports Radio. And he finally got a chance to get on the air. And he's done uh, great work out in Denver for seven, eight, nine years now. Um, So I I knew that he'd be able to give us some good information when he hopped on. But he's uh, busy and and unfortunately could only hang with us for as many minutes as he did. One of the questions I would like to ask him, something you and I discussed. You have your opinion. I have my opinion. Brandon would have his opinion. The really only opinion that counts is that of Russell Wilson. If you have the option to choose where you're going to go, knowing the price a, a team is going to have to pay to get you, so you subtract that out of the team, if we're the same here in Philadelphia and in Denver, if you're just purely evaluating the roster of the team and the chances of you joining that team can elevate them to true Super Bowl contender sat- status, which would you pick? Now, you and I discussed the fact that it, 
probably had more attached to it than just the handicapping of the roster. Where in the country was it? Would the Seahawks even accept the trade from an NFC team? Did Russ want to try the AFC? And I, We don't have the answer to any of those questions. But the one question I asked you was, look at the two rosters. I, I'm not going to say, oh, my God, of course he has a choice between the Eagles and the Broncos. I'm going Broncos. No, I think the Eagles roster is just as good. And I think they make themselves just as big a factor in the NFC with Tom Brady being done from Tampa, who's had uh, two pretty significant runs two years I think he has a better chance in the NFC because there's less good teams in the NFC. That's I mean, I part think of my it, point. Yeah. Um, so from that standpoint, when you talk about the roster, and this is to my larger point where I don't understand what people say, don't go after the quarterback. I think you're right. I think that explains the NFL. I think everybody's a top five quarterback away from relevancy. I think that's how much parity there is in the NFL. Everybody. I mean, everybody from Jacksonville to, to, um, uh, you know, the best team in the playoffs, whether you want to say it was San Francisco, uh, whether you want to say, um, uh, obviously the Rams win the Super Bowl, whoever you want to say, Everybody is a top five quarterback away from relevancy in the NFL. I really believe that, Jody. Yeah. Everybody. I was uh, driving yesterday. I went to a a girls' high school basketball game after all the news broke and Rogers signed and uh, Russell Wilson got traded. I got enough information. All right, boom, five o'clock. I get it, get it, could get out and go watch a girls' high school basketball game. My daughter's ex high school played for the South Jersey Championship. Uh, and her friends, girls who I coached, are now coaches on the opposition in the game. So it's kind of a weird, fun afternoon that I had, or hour, hour and a half from 5 to 5.30. But uh, in listening to WIP on the way over to the high school, Ike Reese made a point that I've said before, and Ike hammered it home tremendously yesterday. For those who want to take the stance of, well, the Eagles aren't ready right now. I hate now. it. I hate that stance. What the hell? And I rightfully pointed out who in 2016, at the end of the 2016 season, said, well, the Eagles really aren't in a Super Bowl contending mode just yet. So why would no, no one thought that no one, no one believed that the Eagles were on the cusp of going to the Super Bowl after the 2016 season. Guess what? Things came together. Uh, Carson Wentz took a huge step up. Uh, a couple of the acquisitions that Howie Rose made on short-term deals came in and did exactly what they were supposed to do. And lo and behold, there's a parade in Philadelphia. So the whole mentality of, oh, we're, we're not quite there yet. You can't make and, that. You know, Stop it. Yeah, I, it drives me nuts. I've said that before, Jody. What do you mean you're not ready? Look at Cincinnati. That's what I was struggling for. I'm stumbling around looking for Cincinnati. Joe Burrow, you know, they go from two wins to relevancy, really. They only had four wins, but that's because Joe got hurt um, in his rookie season about midway through. Um, otherwise, they would have, you know, probably won seven, you know, not crazy, but somewhere in that range. Um, and then the next year, they're in the Super Bowl. And and that's a young, obviously, uh, not a proven guy at the time. Now he's a proven guy. Um and and they were able to make that kind of leap with the with the lowest budget in the NFL and low and I don't mean salary cap people misconstrue that I mean off the field we just talked about with Brandon 
Cristal about you know how Denver is spending money. They do what they ever want to do. They they improve the uh, the facilities, even though they have this ownership uh, situation uh, with the Bolin family and the Bolin family estate, uh, and they're going to have to sell the team. Um, they're still spending all the money. Well, Cincinnati doesn't. They don't even do that. You know, they're the Norman Brayman of the modern NFL. You know, you got to pay for your own socks. They're the, you know, muddy ball when you got to pay for your own soda in the movie. Uh, David Justice. Uh, what We got to pay for our own soda. That's Cincinnati. That's what they are in the NFL. I, as I always joke, they have Duke Tobin and, and a couple interns doing personnel while the Eagles have their 21 deep. Um, and they were in the Super Bowl. Don't tell me you're not ready. If you have a top five quarterback, you're ready and you're going to be relevant. And that's the word I keep. It's no guarantee of anything. Nobody's guaranteeing a championship. So many things have to fall into place to get a championship, but you're going to be relevant and you're going to be in the conversation and you're going to be a legitimate contender. I'll give you a quickie example and then we got to get in a break and we'll come back and uh, we'll stretch the conversation to the third quarterback who the Eagles may have had interest in and still may do uh, to acquire, to uh, usurp uh, Jalen Hurts, uh, Mr. Watson down there in Houston. But uh, just one other example on uh, the way certain owners or uh, teams look at spending on uh, sports expenses. When my father was a general manager of the Mets, uh, Joan Payson was the owner. She was a very popular owner. She was the owner when they won the championship in 1969 with the Miracle Mets. Uh, she passed, and she passed the team on to her two daughters who weren't quite up to speed with what baseball was like in 1970, whatever year it was. And my father told me a story about a uh, board of directors meetings that they had. When one of the sisters asked, well, to save a couple dollars, can we get those foul balls back? And my father just rolled his eyes. It's holy mackerel. Who the hell am I working for now? Can we get those foul balls back to save a couple bucks? It's uh, be thankful when you've got a guy like Jeff Laurie. When you hear a story like that, you got to say, hey, it's not so bad to have Jeff Laurie. Yeah, he may jump in and be a little hands on every once in a while and go over the top, but he's a guy who cares and is willing to spend and wants to win badly which not every ownership group on the planet has the same exact agenda. All right, he's McMullen. I'm McDonald. That makes it the Mac and Mac Birds 365 show here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel where Johnny Mac, we ask them to like, share, subscribe, especially today. It's a big Russell Wilson Wednesday, unfortunately, not in Philadelphia, but Denver. We're excited for Brandon Cristal. Yeah, Cristal likes his relevancy, so good for him. Uh, I'll come back and ask Johnny Mack about how relevant would the Eagles become? Well, they'd certainly be talked about if they could get a uh, major quarterback who could be on the trade market shortly in Deshaun Watson. Some good, some bad about acquiring Deshaun Watson. Uh, there are some legal proceedings over the next few days which could make that uh, situation a little bit clearer. We'll come back to talk uh, Watson next here on Birds 365. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. 
go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We've got Mac and Mac, John McMullen and Jody McDonald hanging with you, Birds fans, here on Birds 365. Big day yesterday around the National Football League, certainly with Philadelphia implications. Russell Wilson gets dealt from the Seattle Seahawks to the Denver Broncos for King's Ransom. Aaron Rodgers says, well, if you give me a King's Ransom, I'll stay here in Green Bay. Although he's none too pleased that some people reported his deal was a four-year extension at $200 million, $50 million per. Uh, he had to take to Twitter immediately and go, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm standing Green Bay, but don't go printing numbers yet on uh, what my deal is worth. They are not accurate. He just didn't like the fact that Russell Wilson was grabbing the headlines because his story broke first. Then Wilson's story broke and Rogers became the forgotten man. So you had to reel everybody back and don't be reporting numbers just yet. <laughs> the bottom line is neither of those two quarterbacks would be playing in Philadelphia this year. Will Deshaun Watson, um, lots of reports started uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact, um, that that there will be important court proceedings this week in Houston, which may lend itself to some clarity as to uh, Deshaun Watson's situation. Of course, Deshaun's lawyer thinks that everything will be cleared up and there will be no criminal charges as of Friday when a grand jury is uh, doing its work down there in Houston. 
I don't know enough about the potential charges that he's facing. I don't know the grand jury situation. It seemed a little overly optimistic to me that Deshaun Watson was going to go in, not testify, that he's supposed to be able to be deposed, but his attorney is already on record saying, well, uh, my guy's not saying anything until uh, the, the criminal charges are dropped. In some of the civil suits, he said, uh, we're not going to be deposed and or testify because that could be used as against us in the criminal case. I, I like the optimism. If you're someone who wants to see Deshaun Watson come onto the open market and Eagles to be in the bidding, I like the optimism of his attorney. And I'm not an attorney. And yeah, me playing one here on Birds 365, I'll put a codicil out there that you, you're talking to a talk show host, not an attorney. But my read is that he's looking at this a little optimistically. I do not think Deshaun Watson is out of the woods by any stretch of the imagination. Um, well, it depends what the woods are, I guess. Um, there, well, there's a lot to unpack. I mean, you know, what in, in the one Rusty, and that's Rusty Harden, is uh, Deshaun Watson's attorney. People might remember him from Roger Clemens back in the day. Very high profile in Houston, um, sports-wise anyway, with Clemens. But, um, it, it, you know, when you talk about not testifying, yeah, that part isn't that big of a deal. What they were in court recently was about the civil cases and the fact that Rusty was saying, look, if, if, if there's no... Uh, if the, there are still open cr criminal complaints, I'm going to advise my client, as every single lawyer in the history of the world will do, uh, to take the Fifth uh, Amendment in the civil cases, because I'm not going to let you hold what he says in the civil cases against you in the criminal. So that part is just procedural. And it was kind of, you know, arguing that, all right, if you don't delay it i mean you're not going to get any information so it was more of a common sense argument and they didn't hold it up and he's going to have to go through the histrionics of i take the fifth i take the fifth i take the fifth in civil de depositions the more important the more important part <clears throat> is friday and that's also what Rusty harden alluded to when he used that term april 1st you remember jody we talked about it so obviously he had information that they were finally going to bring the criminal investigation uh, to the grand jury in, in Houston, Harris County. Um, now, there's two ways this can go. And, you know, because it's Deshaun Watson, because it's such a high-profile case, um, that is the part that his camp is most concerned with. Because the, the thought is, and I've heard this from numerous people, in and around Houston, it's not a winnable case simply because they don't have, that's not judging. It's just not a winnable case because they don't have a video. They don't have uh, any concrete information. So it's essentially a, he said, she said, doesn't mean Deshaun Watson's not guilty of anything. Doesn't mean he's not a bad person, just a really difficult case to win. So in a typical environment, the thought process is, well, they're not going to, go forward with this because it's supposed to be your duty as a district attorney. Kim Ogg is the district attorney in, in Harris County. If you can't win the case, you know, you don't waste people's money. You don't waste the time and you don't indict the person. Now, if there's political 
implications when you're talking about DAs. It's a political position. Sure. And obviously, if you go to Sean Watson, and we had Dan Lust on the show, and he'll say the same thing, and you've probably heard this a thousand times from lawyers. You can indict a ham sandwich. You can indict anybody. doesn't mean anything. It's really low bar. So if she wants him indicted, they're going to indict him. And it's going to be this big explosion of news. It's not going to mean much. It's not going to mean she's got a case or she's got to win the case. It's probably more political driven. That's what Watson's camp's concern is, that the political ramifications, in other words, she doesn't want to come off as being soft on a potential high-profile serial sexual abuser. And that could create another hurdle that typically wouldn't be there because of the high-profile nature of the client. So that's the biggest concern. However, if everything works out and Friday comes and there are criminal, there are no when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. American Giant makes great clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, and more right here in the U.S. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order with code STAPLE20. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20. Criminal charges left on the table. Then he'll go back to doing the dip depositions for the civil case. He won't be taking the fifth. Uh, we already know he, he, he agreed to settle 18 of them. Uh, they'll probably have to settle the other four. Miami was in that situation last year at the trade deadline, couldn't get the final four done uh, in time. Uh, so they weren't willing to make the deal. And then that's when everything opens up and you got to be ready. And Carolina is going to be in the conversation. The Eagles are going to be in the conversation. It's interesting. Now is Seattle going to be in the conversation? They got, they got significant draft capital. So there's going to be more interest than people assume whenever the period is put on this with the understanding, look, you're going to take a short-term hit. He's going to get suspended by the NFL. I can't give you the number six, 10, 12, somewhere in that range. It's going to be significant, but it's going to be long-term as a very young quarterback, top five quarterback. They don't hit the market. They only hit the market for, rare reasons and you know the rare reasons and you got to be willing to take the PR hit and that's why I bring up the Joe Banner piece from the 3013 now Joe was basically to to sum it up uh doing what I've done on this show and he worked closer with Jeffrey Lurie than anybody else for 19 years uh almost two decades and from his perception and from my perception, because of Jeffrey Lurie's history, he has always shown the willingness to give people second chances. Um, then, you know, the Eagles value the quarterback position, all that. We know that. And this is the rare opportunity to get a proven superstar quarterback 
at 26 years old that would put you in that conversation we just had before the break, the relevancy conversation. Don't give me you're not ready. You're ready if you were a top five quarterback. Will they jump into the pool? Everybody in the NFL, and I mean everybody, thinks the Eagles will jump in that pool. Well, maybe everybody's wrong. Maybe Jeffrey Lurie says, nope, you can talk about animal cruelty. You can talk about racism. You can talk about anti-Semitism. I've given people second chances, but this is a bridge too far. Maybe he says that because the one thing, and I think it was Bruce Arians at the Combine who got asked the question, and he shut it down. He said, that's an organizational decision. Tampa Bay is another one who would be in the conversation, by the way. That's an organizational decision. In other words, that's an ownership decision. That's not Howie Roseman. That's not anybody else. But I can tell you, what I can tell you is Howie Roseman was told to explore every option. And the Eagles have done more homework on Deshaun Watson than anybody else. But my last point, Deshaun Watson doesn't want to play here. And for whatever reason, he would not waive his no-trade clause. Joe Joe Banner also addressed that and said, at this time, he thinks the, the, the landscape is going to shrink enough to where he has to revisit it. And that's where Joe and I, we, we cease going in the same path. I don't think it's shrinking. I think it's going up. The minute... If he's cleared, if he's cleared from criminal charges, I think, I don't think it's getting smaller. I think it's going up. You know, people talk about Miami because Chris Greer, we just went through it with John Snyder. Chris Greer said, nope, we're out of it. Slam the door, Slam the door on Deshaun Watson. No, no, he didn't. He just said he slammed the door. He didn't slam it. He could say tomorrow, oh, guess what? I'm going to open the door. Even if it is slammed shut, you can just go right back to that door, Jody, and open it. So I think it's going to be the exact opposite of what Joe thinks. And I'm not sure if he wants to play here. Here's where I guess I'll uh, uh, veer off course from where you went. The whole legal proceeding from a criminal point uh, that Deshaun Watson is still facing with the uh, grand jury still impaneled on Friday. If, as you say, anybody can get anybody indicted for anything can indict a ham sandwich. I would think that the... DA's office down there in Houston would want to do that because if it's all about getting a win, if we're going to take a case to court, whether we can get an indictment or not, then once we get there, we'll be judged on whether we win or lose. And if it's a he said, she said, then it's going to be a toss up and you really want to move forward with a toss up. Here's the reason why it might be worth doing. As you correctly noted, and again, this is all reported, isn't officially uh, in the record books anywhere. Supposedly, Deshaun Watson has an agreement in place with 18 of the 22 um, individuals who have uh, accused him of uh, sexual misbehavior. So he and his agent are deal-making parties. They've come to agreements. They've, quote-unquote, plea-bargained 18 out of the 22 cases. Well, if they get an indictment on Deshaun Watson, guess what? The case moves forward. He's still in a criminal proceeding. He is going to have to await trial and he's going to have to uh, face witnesses. And 
does he not want to just get on with the rest of his life? If the plea bargain is that it's not a felony, but it's a misdemeanor and he's got to do uh, public service rather than potentially go to jail, this will be a negotiation that will go on back and forth. Now, he's going to have to plead guilty. I think Rusty Arden has been pretty outspoken about he's not pleading to anything. Well, just like all the other people we've talked about today, a statement is one thing and action is another. You can say, I'm not pleading guilty to anything. Until pleading the guilty isn't as bad as you may think it is, then it's just what does it go down in the record as? If there isn't a huge punishment attached to it, would uh, the <coughs> the player be willing to say, yes, I'm guilty of this minor charge rather than this major charge? And then the perception of other teams and other towns where he's going to go and become the number one star in that town because the quarterback in any NFL town is the number one star. He might not be the best player, but he's the biggest profiled individual. Would a team go, he's pleading guilty to doing this and we want to make him the face of our franchise? Maybe that does change some of the opinions of teams that are sitting on the fence, Johnny Mac. Um. Yeah, I, I think certainly pleading guilty to anything, but I I don't think there's a chance in you-know-what that he's pleading guilty. Now, you can talk about a potential deal um, in, in pleading some uh, no contest or something like that, which essentially is not admitting guilt, um, not explicitly, obviously, admitting guilt. Uh, but And that's just part of the legal process where, you know, he's up against charges. Let me get the charges. So, um, indecent assault, assault, harassment, and believe it or not, those are all misdemeanor charges. So that's what's on the table in Harris County. He could also be charged, and this is the far more serious part, um, with sexual assault, which is a second-degree felony. And that is punishable in Texas by two to 20 years in prison. So the last part is the most serious part, obviously. Um, and that would create some significant in uh, issues for uh, Deshaun Watson. Um, no doubt about it. Uh, and if they decided to go that route and try to swing for the fences, so to speak, in, in legal terms, then you might start talking about Rusty trying to plead no contest, trying That's to get That's exactly what I'm talking about. There is, in the charges that you just read, there is the scenario that I just uh, hypothetically created. If they do get him indicted on the felony charge and the prosecutor says, listen, I'll take a guilty plea on all the misdemeanor stuff. It'll just be uh, well. That's that. Yeah, that's sort of how it works. I get what you're saying, but it is not going to plead guilty. It's going to plead no contest down to a misdemeanor charge, and that's sort of well. Give if and I take. if I if I offer, you're not listening to me, Mister Watson. I'm the DA, and I'm telling you, oh no, you're pleading guilty to misdemeanors. And there's two aspects of it. Yeah, the perception and also the the payment for it. It's not going to be jail time. It's only going to be probation. It's only going to be community service. But uh, no, no contest, not an acceptable plea. You have to plead guilty. But we will drop the, the much worse felony charge if you're willing to plead guilty. Then what does Deshaun Watson do? It becomes a uh, debatable because, it uh, again, it's all the perception, John. How will the, if you're traded and everybody wants to see him traded and 
Uh, that's what he's working toward. How will he be perceived in the new town if he's pleaded guilty to the misdemeanor misdemeanor charges you just ran down? Well, it, 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 it's not going to go well, and he's going to be suspended for a long time. But and when I literally say this, and you know, I'm using this term correctly. A lot of people don't use the word literal, literally correctly. He is literally not pleading guilty to anything. I mean, they'll go to trial, um, and they'll they'll let you Harris think County. So. Oh yeah, they'll let Harris County. He, I could see him pleading no contest. He is not using the word guilty to anything. He can't. He can't because it would have such negative ramifications on his career and his future uh, employment and his future freedom. Right? Right. He can't. He can't. No, um, no. His, his freedom is they say you will not do a day in jail. But you need to plead guilty. I, I'm telling to you, Jody, he charges. is not pleading not guilty. That at best they could maybe get no contest. At best, he is not pleading not guilty for the fact that he will be suspended. At that point, he has admitted guilt. He is he can be suspended for a year, two years. He's got nothing to land to to to, to lean on, uh, unless they have proof and, and and by every indication the fact that it's taken 10 months to get to this point they don't have a great case and that's the and, and by the way that comes from people in houston on both sides so you can say well rusty hart's going to say what rusty hart's going to say and i agree with you but there is no video evidence uh there is no dna evidence there is nothing, there is no smoking gun, as they call it, in the legal profession. So why is he going to walk into a court and say, all right, I'm guilty, do whatever you want to me from the NFL standpoint? He can't do that. Right, he so won't do that. Let me let me move, advance it, uh, and we got Jeff Mosher, our buddy from Inside the Birds, uh, joining us in about 10 minutes. Um, 95%, the way you're describing it, seems like you have a better grasp on it than I do. 95% chance, you want to go to 98% chance, that if it goes all the way on a felony charge to a court case, that Russell Wilson would uh, end up being judged as not guilty because there are those hard and fast uh, pieces of evidence that can be brought against him. Weigh that 98% chance you're going to win, but it's going to take... Two years, two and a half years, they can drag out this case as long as they want down there in Houston. And he's got that hanging over his head in his new town with his new team the entire time. Or plead guilty to misdemeanor, community service, probation, not a day in jail. You're telling me they don't even think about that? Nope, not guilty. Okay. Uh, no contest. Know. Yeah, no contest I could see. They're not going to say the word guilty in court because then you've actually admitted to the offense um, and you open up a whole Pandora's box of, you know, you're going to probably be suspended for two years anyway. You know, you're, you're, you're derailing your football career. Um, and obviously, you know, people can say, and, and right, because there's a whole moral part to this that, you know, some people are just not going to get past. And I get that part of it, but, um, he's not going to admit guilt. 
to any of these charges. I mean, that is one thing clear by the way they've gone about this. That that is just not on the table. And uh, the best the, the the district attorney could hope for is is um, no contest. And I still think, by the way, I still think he's not getting indicted. I you still don't think, think they're going to get getting... an indictment. Then why are they even bringing the indictment? Political reasons. It's a high profile uh, uh, guy. You, it, it, it's, it's headlines all over. And the last thing a DA wants is to be known as soft on sexual assault, especially a woman uh, DA. They're, they're, that is the biggest hurdle for Deshaun Watson. They're, they're, because of his high profile stature and everybody knows him. And remember, this is not just front page news in Houston. It's front page news everywhere. Right. There is a political aspect to it that he faces that other people will not face. Now, sometimes that helps high profile defendants. Sometimes that hurts, depending on the particular case. In this case, it hurts dramatically. I'll just give you my opinion. And I'm a uh, resident of the state of New Jersey. Um, So my uh, evaluation of the legal proceedings do not stretch down to Houston, Texas. But if we had a similar case where I lived and I was judging the district attorney's job uh, by the outcome of a potential case, I would be less put off by the fact that the DA said, after talking to all the witnesses, all the complainants in the civil cases, whatever, we've judged there's not enough there to actually uh, take criminal proceedings against the accused individual. I'd be less put off by that statement than let's go to court. Let's go through the entire procedure with everyone's belief that if you want, you can indict a ham sandwich and then you can't even get an indictment. Which DA would I look at more cross-eyed? The one who decided not to attempt a criminal case or the one who can't get an indictment when you should be able to get an indictment against anybody on anything? Well, you yeah, can I get would it. say uh, the downside's more for the DA for attempting to go through with the criminal case and not be able to get an indictment. Well, you can get an indictment, like I said, against... Well, John, you just said he's not going to be indicted. Well, uh, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Um, but what I should have said is if he gets indicted... So there's 12 grand jurors. You got to get nine of the 12. And you're right. I, I worded it incorrectly. So the fact that they're taking it to the grand jury indicates they're probably going to indict him. What I should have said is if you're indicted, if it's Jody McDonald, it's John McMullen, the DA then has the responsibility to look at the case and say, can I win it? That doesn't mean you're going to court. They just might dismiss the charges. So it's up to her, it's up to Kim Odd to take that indictment and to take it to court. Um, and well, who's, who's attempting to get the indictment? I thought the DA was in charge of both processes. That you're the, the one the, who decides whether you should be even going for an indictment. The, DA, the then- DA is in charge of the process and the DA puts the information in front of the grand jury. But even if the grand jury comes back with an indictment, it doesn't mean the DA has to go ahead with the prosecution. So if you you didn't think you could win a case, why would you even bother getting an indictment? It happens all the time, Jody. In in these types of cases, in in high profile cases, all all DA uh, uh, jobs across the country are very political. You run to be district attorney. 
So, you know, look at it locally. Larry Krasner in Philadelphia. I mean, the guy is a hot button issue every single day. It is a very, very political position. And at times you want to signal certain things to certain political ideologies. That's just, it's not the greatest system in the world. I'll be the first to admit that. What I will say is that this was Joe, you know what, Joe Blow, Joe, right. Joe, whatever. This would have just would have been done in three weeks. It would have been done in three weeks. And 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 probably the guy, you know, probably the guy might even do jail time because he doesn't have, there's all kinds of different parts because Deshaun Watson has so much money. He can get the best lawyer in the world. He can do all these things. It takes 10 months. It, it takes three weeks with an average human being. And they decide, well, we don't have the evidence. We don't do this. Maybe we plead to this. Over. Done. Because of the person, the situation, there's all these extra hurdles. High-profile nature of Deshaun Watson in Houston. That you and I absolutely agree on. All right, Johnny Mac, Johnny Mac, you got Mac and Mac on Bird 365. We're going to add another M to the mix. McMullen, McDonald, and Mosher. He is Jeff, but he spells it with a G. Jeff Moser from InsideTheBirds.com going to join us next here on Birds 365. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. 
Appreciate your being part of Birds 365 here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Should be fun for the next uh, 30 minutes or so. Because we are joined by one of our faves, does a great job in covering the Eagles for years, doing it uh, these days on Inside the Birds with our other buddy Adam Kaplan, uh, both on their website and with their podcast. Jeff Mosher, good enough to join us on this uh, Wilson Wednesday get-together. Where were you, Mosher, yesterday when you found out Russell Wilson's not coming to Philadelphia? Uh, sitting in this seat uh, that I'm sitting in right now, which is probably where I'll be at the same time today, tomorrow, the next day, you know. Um, yeah, I was just uh, doing my thing, as we like to say, Jody. Uh, well, what were your thoughts, Jeff, when you see Russell Wilson came together very, very quickly, obviously, in the fact that we had the Aaron Rodgers domino, and then all of a sudden, all right, what's going to happen next? And then it happened really, really quickly. Uh, obviously, there were more negotiations than two hours, probably two weeks that this was in the mix. But your thoughts on Russell Wilson? And the Eagles were one of those 12 teams that checked in. But when you think about why um, uh, was it just Russell didn't want to play here, why, why do you think? Um, it went the direction it went. Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, my first thought was, wow. My second thought was, oh, it's going to be Denver. Um, and then you saw the massive, massive compensation involved. And it did make me think who else was involved and, and uh, why was it Denver? And I think Russ had made it pretty clear in certain interviews, especially lately. Um, while he was sort of playing a good soldier, you didn't hear him making any demands. He was kind of at least insinuating where he would like to play if he was going to be moved. And he had said that he didn't seem like an East Coast guy. Uh, and obviously he's not on the East Coast. And so uh, I think that's why you saw Washington sort of strike out there. Um, and then, of course, the Eagles looking in and not being able to get it done. The guy had a no trade clause, so he was able to dictate where he was going. I'm not sure if he's even traded unless Denver's willing to give up the haul that Denver gave up. But, uh, you know, at some point Seattle had to sit down and say, you know, he's obviously not been thrilled here. We have a chance to start over. Um, we can kind of start that process now. And then you see Bobby Wagner is, is, uh, is going to be, or got released. Um, do we want to do that? Or do we want to keep Russell Wilson not really thrilled with us at a really high price tag? And so they got a great offer and, and made it. I, I think the probably the biggest thought I had in the aftermath after th sitting down and thinking about it is I've heard so many people say the Eagles shouldn't pursue Russell Wilson because they're not in a good spot. Drives me where, nuts. Where and then Denver, about. we just they, talked about they it. They beat the power. pants off Denver, and Denver was yeah. not a better team. But now a lot of people think, and I agree, huh. that Denver is going to be in a good spot with Russell Wilson. So yeah. it's funny that how that happens. And yeah, absolutely funny, if not annoying. Um, <laughs> Jeff Mosher here with us. Um, all right, I'm hoping you're right. You and John are right that the reason that Russell Wilson is not here is because more so Russell Wilson than the Seattle Seahawks not wanting to trade him to an NFC competitor. I think there's probably a little truth in both of those two statements, but I'm hoping more Russell made the call than Seattle made the call because now I want to go back to the Seahawks and go, hey, if you're in full-blown rebuilding mode and DK Metcalf is on the last year of his rookie deal and you know you're going to have to give him a contract extension, wouldn't you want more of those draft assets? Because we'd be willing to tell you a pretty good one. 
should the Eagles be attempting to acquire DK Metcalf from the rebuilding Seahawks? Yes and no, Jody. I mean, I I, I don't think Seattle is going to take the approach that they're five years away. I mean, nobody takes that approach anymore. And he is still a good, young, dynamic building block for whoever their next quarterback is going to be. And he's a rare one. I, I think I've seen that Tyler Lockett, who is a very good wide receiver in this league, can be had. But you know, I think you can easier find yourself a Tyler Lockett um, unless you're a team that struggles to find wide receivers. We'll aim <laughs> that for a second. Um, you can <laughs> probably easier replace, though, a Tyler Lockett than you can a DK Metcalf, who is a, a rare breed. So it would, I think to get DK Metcalf, you'd probably have to knock their socks off or else they're just going to have him here and want to extend him to be coming up with the next quarterback of their choice. Well, let's talk about the wider sort of narrative of what Denver did by giving up. You know, George uh, Payton essentially bought the Les Snead t-shirt. Ep them picks, Jeff. Yep. Um, so, you know, we'll throw it out there. Say 19th overall pick for DK Metcalf. Is that something the Eagles would consider? Uh, and is the NFL leaning in more that direction because of the success of the Rams and We'll see what happens in Denver, but as you mentioned, all of a sudden people, they say one thing and say, right. we're not ready. We're not ready, but all of a sudden, Russell Wilson's in Denver, and they look ready. Even in that division, we're going to be dealing with Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert and Derek mm -hmm. Carr. Good quarterbacks think they can beat anybody. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't matter. They're not going to be afraid of that landscape, so... Is this changing the NFL's way of thinking? Like, I, you know, why do we value this uncertainty so much over prove, proven players? Yeah, I, I'm not there yet, John. I think that there will be a natural copycat effect for teams like L.A. that believe they have a lot of good pieces in place and the right head coach and we're there but need to get over the hump. That's what caused them to F those picks, right? They had been to the Super Bowl. They knew what they needed to be a better team they needed a better quarterback and then on defense, they needed a few more pass rushers and they were there with Howie Roseman. Um, we can debate when he's being honest and when he's not in front of the microphone. Sometimes it's obvious, sometimes less so, but he has, and I think fairly addressed the fact that he's not blinded by last year's success. I mean, they do think they're going in the right direction, but he has not made it seem like, we're just a piece away like he has in the past, right? So I don't know that he looks at the 19th pick and wants to say, F that pick, give me DK Metcalf, and I only get him for two years, and then I got to really pay him. I think he's still in the – he appears to me to be in the mindset of we have got to keep getting younger, better, more dynamic, more cost-controlled with our guys. Um, and so I would think that he'd place a call. You know, you're always going to place the call on how he will um, – but I don't, I don't know. I can't sit here and tell you that I think he's going to take the less neat approach and just give away a lot of compensation for a wide receiver, especially when he is skeptical right now of his passing offense and whether or not another wide receiver is even going to get the looks and touches that it takes right behind Goddard and behind Devontae Smith um, to give up the 19th overall pick. If you could, if I could tell you with the 19th overall pick, you might get. Chris Olave, you might get Garrett Wilson. You could get a wide receiver who you had for four and potentially a fifth year at a much lower rate who you can see acclimating along with Smith and along with Dallas Goddard as opposed to DK Metcalf who's going to want to be paid 
big by the end of this year, you can see where he would choose B over or the former over the latter. Now we're combining a couple different topics here. Yeah. Whoever that wide receiver is, and I'm a big Garrett Wilson fan, he's still an unproven in the NFL, hasn't played it down yet. And there's upside, and there's five years of the contract that's compared to one, and you got to pay DK. So there's a whole bunch of things that factor in here. But you know what DK Metcalf is in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Do the Eagles more need a given at this stage than a maybe, maybe high upside, but still maybe with the fact that they've got this youngish wide receiver group who weren't good enough to let them stay the course and be the passing offense that the coach truly wanted them to be at the beginning of the season and then had to mm-hmm. make a 180 change to go running back. How important is the way the Eagles wide receiver group is looked at as to they need a guy who's already proven he can get it done in the NFL? Yeah, it is important, Jody. And I do think that that was one of the shortcomings of last year's team that um, the front office did not feel the need to bring in some kind of veteran wide receiver who can play a role. You know, like this is maybe not a great comp, but um, Emmanuel Sanders, right, who played that kind of role in Buffalo, someone who would have been willing to come in and doesn't have to command 100 targets a year and can kind of be as a leader to the young wide receivers. I think Devontae Smith is a natural leader and he's very business-like. He's Alabama to the bone in that regard. But that team really did suffer from a lack of a a veteran there to kind of pull them through the dark days. And I think that's important this year. So again, if I'm Howie Roseman, do I want to then pursue maybe a short-term deal for a Juju Smith-Schuster, maybe a a mid-deal? We'll see what what DJ Chark gets. Or do I want to give up a first-round pick for DK Metcalf. I think that you weigh both. They're b- both of them are probably pretty good for you. Certainly Metcalf to your point is that boundary X receiver that this team lacks. They have a lot of movable part receivers, a lot of guys who can play Z, a lot of guys who can play <clears throat> slot, probably not best at the X, but they're doing what they can. Uh, Metcalf certainly satisfies that and he's worth the first round pick. It's just the mindset that how he's got to be in right now with how he wants to take this rare opportunity of having all these assets and, and trying to make the team better the best way overall. Uh, but let's talk about those assets, Jeff, because I, you know, I, I don't think they're going to take three first round picks. Um, I, agree. I think, yeah, most people are in that camp, but I always say it takes two to tango, you know, just because you want to trade doesn't mean you can trade all that. But if they're forced to take three first round picks, I've said, I find it very hard to believe you've been around this team for a long time. Je- you know, Jeffrey Lurie's mentality. They hired an offensive head coach. I find it very hard to believe they're going to take three defensive players uh, with three first round picks. I think there's going to be an offensive player. And then mm-hmm. I want to throw in the fact that Russell Wilson, for whatever reason, and maybe it's just location, would not waive his no trade clause for Philadelphia. Deshaun Watson last year. Maybe it's just location would not waive his no trade clause for Philadelphia. Maybe it's as simple as that, but maybe quarterbacks look at the skill position players here and say, I need multiple guys. So it's sort of a chicken and an egg. Like if you have Devontae Smith at DK Metcalf with Dallas mm-hmm. Goddard, then all of a sudden the quarterback might go, Oh, whoa. Right. But you know, if it's Quez Watkins, what are the Eagles doing in this situation? Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I don't think if you're if you're a quarterback who's especially getting up there a little bit in age, and Deshaun Watson isn't, but Russell Wilson was, and and you're looking for 
the best scenario as far as, you know, history or offensive line or weapons, you know, certainly you love the Eagles offensive line, but as you're mentioning, you can do better with weapons. And, and to be fair, um, the coach has a lot to, a lot to prove. So, uh, and Denver's on a first year coach too, but I guess, you know, with the whole Sean McVay thing, Nathaniel Hackett was touched by Aaron Rodgers, So, yeah, you know, he's yeah. automatically a genius yeah. and everything like that. But um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think they're that it's not like the NBA where I think that, you know, Philadelphia is looked at as oh man who wants to go there until you get a superstar like Joel Embiid. Right. I, I still think good players will come to Philadelphia, but quarterbacks are, they're sort of an odd breed too. And they have some kind of, you know, as Aaron Rodgers shows you, They've got different preferences for what they want and where they want to go. I mean, Deshaun Watson apparently wanted to go to Miami, you know, a year ago. And it's not like they they either kill you with great history, uh, recent history, or or with great playmakers. But they've got – it's Miami and the state tax uh, can can play into that with, with your finances and everything like that. So um, who knows? And, and to get back to your original point, I, I not only do I agree with you um, that they're not going to make three first-round picks, I don't think they should make – three first round picks. I think the history, especially in the last eight to 10 years of teams that have had three or more first round picks is dubious. I mean, the, usually the ones who have done well, it's because one of those picks was a top five pick and you would hope that they would hit on that anyway. In fact, that was the Browns a couple of years ago when they had miles Garrett, but then later in the draft, they took what Jabril peppers and David Njoku. So uh, you have the giants who took Daniel Jones, Dexter Lawrence and Deandre Baker. I'm pretty sure if they could do that draft all over again, they'd probably have at least two different players. I mean, I, you can go all the way back to the Jets having four first round picks and getting Sean Ellis and John Abraham and Chad Pennington and Anthony Becht. I mean, you got two right out of four and none of them stayed with you for all that long. Um, Abraham did turn out to be a pretty good player though. So I, I, I'm a, I'm a believer in this. If most GMs will tell you, that the whole point of a draft is try to get two starters and your third, you want like a role player in there somewhere. If you get two good starters, it's a good draft. And you got, it doesn't matter. That rule applies if you have five picks or 10 picks. So I'm more of a quality over quantity guy. If you have a chance to package your picks and move up into the top 10 for an elite blue chip prospect, that is what the Eagles need on defense more than anything. So I would not be if them shy about trying to package stuff and move up. Here's the, I, I understand your philosophy and usually I'm signing on with you 100%. I don't know that there's that great separation between five and 10 and 10 and 15. If there was, oh my God, the drop off here, you got to jump up. You got to get a give. I, I think it's a very balanced top of the draft. No given standout. Got to get, go get that guy. If you've been listening to John and I, and I, we we have one Kyle Hamilton, which we don't think the Eagles will do because he plays a position they don't put a big value on. Uh, but other than that, I is he I'm even on sure. their board? <laughs> would he even he put, they put a safety he on their board? <laughs> that's that's a very good point by you, Mister Moe. All right, I want to stay on the offensive side for the last couple hours. I guess it is uh, the Eagles starting center, or at least he has been. Don't know if he's going to be going forward because they got to work out a contract with him. Um, Jason Kelsey has been co-hosting on WIP this morning, and I've seen mm. the quotes. Um, he is not going to make an announcement or take a statement today that he's coming back to the Eagles or that he's leaving the Eagles. He's just hanging with the guys from WIP. <laughs> so we're all left to speculate. Why would he do this? Why would he agree to come on WIP and then say, yeah, I'm not saying nothing? Was it because he wants to lay the groundwork for a 
uh, at least upbeat parting of the ways? Is it that he likes to tease the Philadelphia fan base? And this week he's going to come out and say, of course I'm coming back to play for the Birds this year. Well, number one, why do you think he decided to do this? I know why WIP asked. It's a great get. But mm-hmm. Jason's got to say yes, and he did. Why do you think he decided to do it and then not say anything? What do you read in the tea leaves, Mosh? Well, there there was an option C there that wasn't discussed, Jody. Okay, and it might it be a... that they paid him handsomely yeah, to come exactly. on to the show. I don't, and I don't know the that. the flagship station of the right. Philadelphia Eagles. Right. right. I do, by right. the way, I don't know that. I'm just saying, yeah. like, a lot of a lot of appearances Here, like that. Are here's pretty... one where I might be able to give you some inside information. Yeah. I think that's probably not the reason. Uh, oh, okay. I, All right. Well, I, I might know a little bit about the radio station since I've been on and off there for 30 plus years. Yeah, um, that's well, they pay for the rights. Hey, the yes. Yeah. Handsomely enough to move the needle. <laughs> His name's not Cataldi and it's a one-time deal. So I, I would suggest that's probably not the case. Well, Jason's a smart guy. So I know where you're going with this. And um, listen, he, he's in the past, when he's made his decision on am I going to come back and play or am I not, a lot of it is how do I feel? What is my body telling me? He's always dealing with a, a kind of a foot ankle thing, but it's my understanding yeah. it's it's been under control. It's not as hard to control anymore. Um, and I was told while I was at the combine that um, he's feeling in really good body condition. That That's not really the, uh, an issue for him. His body is telling him he can still play. In fact, I think he's even said that that today so then it comes down to a he's got a family he's got kids now for the first time so how much you know does he want to devote to that and b the biggest one is he's got this poison pill from his restructure last year that is supposed to pay him 30 million dollars this year he's not playing at 30 million we all love jason kelsey you can't pay the guy 30 million dollars i think jason kelsey even knows that um but the contract has got to be settled so he's if he's going to come back and play the contract has to be right and it has to be agreed upon by both sides, obviously, like every contract. And um, only then, when that's worked out, will we know if, if he's going to come back and play. And I would imagine a guy of Casey, Jason Kelsey's stature, uh, who just coming off one of maybe his best season, well, certainly one of his best seasons as a pro, still wants to be a guy who's paid at the top of his position. So we'll see. I'm sure the Eagles feel that way about him, but they also have a, an entire salary cap to navigate and um, free agency. So I have to imagine that the, the, the contract has to work itself out for this thing to, to go. Yeah, you're right, Jeff. People do kind of gloss over the finances a little bit at times. And that's a part of it as well, because uh, you do have to make sure everything uh, puts it together. But you mentioned you were in Indianapolis, so I want to go there with you. Mm-hmm. And obviously, Adam was out there as well. You guys have great contacts. So two two parts to this. First part is free agency. We all know people talk, gossip in Indianapolis. Hope you had some good steaks while you're out there. I did. Um, Any whispers about free agency? And that would kind of um, clarify things a little bit for the draft. I think everybody does their mock drafts, understandably so. Mm Pre-free agency doesn't make a lot of sense. You can kind of figure out where you're looking to target when you put the Band-Aids on in free agency. So... Whispers on free agent targets for the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, and and you know, some years it's really clear. A couple of years ago, it was pretty clear. We came back from the combine. Adam Kaplan really on the forefront that they really wanted uh, Byron Jones, and we're going to make a, a great attempt to get him. And they did. He just at the end of the day, there's that Florida sales tax Florida, and kind yeah. of wanting to get out of the yeah. NFC East and play somewhere nice. Uh, that that 
became a big deciding factor for Byron, uh, which, by the way, some of the best deals and trades are the ones you don't make because that forced Howie Roseman to go get Darius Slay. And I don't think anybody yeah. would argue that Darius Slay isn't way better than than Byron Jones. Yeah. But moving forward, this I the whispers, the things you hear are more position oriented than person oriented because I've heard a ton of names and they all fall into the, the same positions. One being safety, which is pretty obvious because without um, uh, I can't remember his name right now. Anthony, uh, Anthony Harris, Anthony Anthony Harris, Harris, Rodney Those guys are expired. So they have literally two safeties under contract, Marcus Epson, Kevon Wallace, and they haven't really loved what they've seen so far from Kevon Wallace. So they need to do something at safety and you can't just rely on the draft. Uh, And the other position is going to be new for Eagles fans. It's kind of that strong side linebacker slash pass rusher who plays on the line of scrimmage on first and second down. We saw Jannard Avery play that role last year, sort of situationally, right? First and second down, but then come off. Uh, And then the team would go to a traditional nickel look after that to rush the passer. Um, But they are looking at guys who have that they ordinarily wouldn't have. Um, Ordinarily, when you look at defensive end, you just look at a defensive end, a 260, 270 pound pass rusher. But now they're looking at the stand up outside linebacker who can play uh, that type of role. In fact, one of them yesterday just came off the market last night. That was uh, Harold Landry, right? He would have yeah. been uh, yeah. someone who who he's expensive, the type of though. person, Ooh. right? It's very expensive. Yeah. Well, he's a, they're pass rushers now. Yeah. So, I mean, they've always been, but this is not the type of pass rusher that the Eagles have coveted in the past, but it's one that they're looking at now. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see now that they have some money uh, and a new scheme, what kind of player that they target there uh, and then I would also say wide receiver. We talked about that, you know, kind of a, a veteran wide receiver may not be the biggest splash, but somebody with some experience to come in and, and kind of hold the fort down as they try to maybe groom up another one. All right, I want to stay at the linebacker spot. Uh, you did a good job describing what you think the Eagles are looking for in a player to be in a linebacker mode. If he's not there in free agency, they can't either – uh, identify the individual, or they do, and then the price gets too high, and they go, well, we're not willing to pay that. Will they draft the linebacker? If so, will they draft the linebacker early, or will they wait till round five and go, now here's where we get our outside linebacker. It's also <laughs> going to be a pass rusher, and you're rolling the dice at best. Will so, they actually think about taking a linebacker who may fit that role that you just described in the first or second round? Yeah, so so that's where the semantics are involved. I would say, yes, they're going to draft a pass rusher who ha- may have the abilities to be a stand-up, strong-side linebacker. But they may also draft, not in the first round, but second, third, an off-the-ball linebacker who's more of a conventional inside linebacker, someone who plays a, the position that T.J. Edwards now plays or Davion Taylor now plays, which is a lot different from that strong-side linebacker spot that we just talked about, which is more of an – edge rusher uh, type of role. So I think, so yes and yes. I think both of those guys are going to be on the, on the board for the Eagles, uh, uh, an area of priority. But if we're talking first round, we're talking more of the guy who's the pass rusher. And then after that, you start to look at the guys who could be your, your coverage or your nickel linebackers. And there, there are some decent names out there. I know everybody wants N'Kobe Dean and Devin Lloyd, and that it's unlikely to happen because of the position they play in the Eagles valuation, but there'll be some good guys in the second or third round, should the Eagles choose to use their assets there? If I can uh, really quickly bring up, though, something yeah. – I'm sorry, John – something that really we should think about. If the Eagles do bring in, through free agency, 
a pass rusher who plays that strong side linebacker position, right? That's one. There's still going to be a four man rush team predominantly. I don't think Jonathan Gann is going to wake up and start blitzing like crazy. All right. Yeah. So that free agent is one of your pass rushers. Javon Hargrave is one of your pass rushers. That's two, right? Josh Sweat. That's three. Well, we got Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, and then whoever they draft all competing for a spot on that rotation. It feels like if the Eagles do sign one of these outside linebacker edge rushers that somebody may have to go. Yeah. Or someone's going to be paid a lot of money to be a rotational piece. Yeah. And we all think edge rusher in the draft. I mean, you think about how many edge rushers are. Sure. You know, you got six guys are going to be top 20 and some will argue six might be top 15 and everybody focuses on that position with the Philadelphia Eagles. And it is going to be interesting. And uh, Jeff wrote a great piece. If you want to read about uh, that Sam linebacker role at inside the birds.com follow him on Twitter at Jeff Mosher NFL as well. Last one for me, Jeff, did you see the Joe banner column on the 33rd team? Yes, I, I saw Well, I'm going to be a typical Twitter guy and say I saw the headline. I did not yeah. get a chance well, to read the story. The, yet, but the interesting can... part is not the story. That's fine. But the interesting uh-huh. part is obviously Joe and as you know, was with Jeffrey Lurie for 19 years, mm-hmm. um, has a history and understands how this team works. And he basically said the Eagles are the most likely landing spot for Deshaun Watson pending all the legal issues. But mm-hmm. I just want to get down to this with you. Then it was deleted (laughs) and it was deleted for a significant period, about six, seven hours. And all of a sudden it was back up, but with significant edits. Mm. Who do you think made the call? It was an opinion piece, Jeff. So there was no need to change anything. It wasn't bad reporting. It was an opinion piece, but it was taken down, dramatically shifted. Who do you think made that call to make that happen? Oh, I mean, it could be one of any number of people. (laughs) It could have been someone making the call after receiving a call being told you're going to make that call and have some of that change. So, yeah. um, Hey, listen, Joe Joe knows, right? And and we all know. We all know that the Eagles would have interest in Deshaun Watson. And I heard you guys talking about it before I came on. There's a lot of. A lot of legality and stuff that has to get settled first, but the interest will be there. And, uh, you know, are the Eagles the likeliest landing spot? You said that's Joe's opinion. You know, I think that I don't, I still don't know because I don't, he also has that no trade clause and you don't know what goes through his brain on where he wants to be and what his options are. Um, And then of course, what Houston's willing to, to accept. So there's a lot to get to between then and the trade actually being consummated. But we've known for a long time the Eagles were interested. And for those who have always said, no, it's a media creation. They're not interested in Russell Wilson. They love Jalen Hurts. They're committed. They talk about it. Well, we all know they just made an offer for Russell Wilson. Okay? So we know the story. We know the deal. It's probably going to be Jalen Hurts. But if not, there's a chance it might be Deshaun Watson. After that, I don't think anybody else. But, you know, as the Eagles turn. We're going to finish up with one of my favorites. A hypothetical situation because you mm-hmm. you wet my appetite with one of the things you said previously about if the Eagles acquire either through free agency and or the draft certain players to give them depth on a defensive side of the ball, there might be a little bit of a extra 
specifically on salary and uh, adjustment that needs to be made with guys who are already on the Eagles uh, defensive line, a.k.a. Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, uh, and so Mm -hmm. forth and so on. I remember doing a show with our very own Barrett Brooks uh, seven years ago, eight years ago, nine years ago, whatever it was, for WIP. And I asked uh, Barrett about, listen, the Eagles may want to go to Jason Peters and say, listen, we need you to restructure your deal. We need you to take a little less money. You're not quite the guy you used to be, and you're scheduled to make a lot of money. And Barrett just looked at me and laughed and said, oh, yeah, they can have that conversation. Jason Peters is going to say, thank you, no, I'll live with my contract as is, and then the Eagles will back off on the We'd like you to do. And then if he throws down the gauntlet, the Eagles are going to say, well, we're, we're not moving. We're not really going to cut him. So hey, we tried. It didn't work. <laughs> Would that be the same thing with Brandon Graham right now? If they went to Brandon and said, listen, we want you back. You know, we love you. You're a leader. But everyone in Philadelphia, but your number is just, we need to redo this. And we need you to take a haircut. It's got to be a little bit less. Would they have nerve enough to do it? And what would Brandon Graham's response be if they said, we need you to redo your deal down? It's a good question, Jody. I'm not even sure it would be like fiscally responsible for even for them to want to do it. Because at the end of the day, unless he's just taking a pay cut, which very rarely happens, what happens is they restructure, they move money down the road, which Howie has done for about, I don't know, 40 of the 52 guys who are on the roster. So, (laughs) and, and to Brandon many times. So, Unless he wants to take Brandon's money and keep pushing, you know, add five more dummy years and add more money against the cap down the road, um, unless he wants to do that, and I'm not sure he wants to do that. So, uh, you know, I, I get what you're saying. Brandon's aging. He's coming off Achilles. He may probably not worth the, uh, in, in the grand scheme of things, not going to perform to the money he's being made. But I would sort of look at Fletcher Cox instead. And wonder okay. if you they would take more some Brandon. Got you. Yeah, I would. I would think that they would take uh, because of Javon Hargrave's presence, because of Milton Williams's presence, and that they're probably going to draft linemen anyway. Uh, I would. I would wonder if uh, you know he was he was he was on the block if people called and had a good offer at the deadline last year. Nobody had a good enough offer. I think there could be some good offers in this offseason if they wanted to make that move. Yeah, I was just looking at it real quick. I don't even think they could do it with Brand. It wouldn't give them much. They've restructured it so yeah, much. Yeah, he's already, already signed for like yeah. th- until I'm 80. So I've been yeah. <laughs> <laughs> years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, if they cut him, they wouldn't be saving all that much money. So Brandon could laugh if they say, Yeah, you go ahead and restructure. I yeah. like my deal the way it is. Yeah. Uh most always great. We appreciate when you come on. Inside the Eagles, both the inside website. Inside the birds. Inside the birds. Excuse me. I make that mistake all the time. Inside the That's birds. trademark both, infringement. <laughs> both the uh, website and the podcast, as good as it gets when we're talking birds football here in Philadelphia. Thank you very much, Jeff Mosher. We'll get you back on uh, probably when free agency starts digging in. Uh, we'll get you to jump back in with us. Thanks for doing it today. Thanks, guys. I appreciate the keg you guys had delivered to my head. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll do it again. Thanks, Chef. If we're sending, you better be inviting us over to partake. Uh, Jeff Mosher here with us on Birds 365. All right. I'm running out of time. we got to come back, put a bow on the show. McMullen and McDonald on Birds 365. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. 
go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Johnny Mac, Johnny Mac. All right, McMullen, you got the best crystal ball I know. Yesterday it was Russell Wilson and uh, Aaron Rodgers. Although, as I said earlier in the show, I think Rodgers is ticked. He makes his big announcement, and then an hour later, Russell Wilson, one of the biggest trades in the history yeah. of the National Football League. The breaks complicated up. fella was upset. Complicated. He's got to be in the headlines at all times. Exactly right. So, uh, uh, there's nothing you can do about it now. The timing played out the way it did. What's the big massive story in the NFL today, Johnny Mac? Wow, that we can somehow weave into story. a Philadelphia Well, Jason, Kel- Jason Kelsey didn't give us the big local story. No. As you mentioned, he's not. But he's going to play. I'm going to give you that big look. He's going to play. Um, and the Eagles are going to work out the finances, and he's going to be back. Um, so mark that down and make fun of me if I get it wrong. Uh, I'll be here either way. But nationally, I won't forget. I'm going to bunch. Oh, I know. You still give. You still give uh, Ed crap over uh, Brandon Brooks. I know that. Is it um, Brandon Brooks? Oh, Brandon Brooks retired. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Is, is Game Day Kratz going to be on with us Friday? Uh, he's in Disney World, so maybe not. I got to figure out uh, when he's getting back. Yeah, he hasn't been in, at home in like three weeks now because he was in an indie. Um, so. I don't know when he's getting back, but I got to lock that down. Um, but, but Ed will be back with us before Brandon Brooks rejoins the Eagles. We, yeah, he will. We can officially confirm that. Okay, good. Now, I said Brandon would not be back. I didn't get credit for that. You didn't give me credit for that, Jody. 
but did you really? Uh, I yeah, it, but, I and said, then I'm, I'm not being flippant here. No, I really don't remember no, saying that, but that's I, okay. I said he's not coming back. This I apologize. Year. Some, something's going on, is what I said, which turned out to be he was going to retire. But um, yeah, nationally, uh, obviously Deshaun is the next big domino of the fall. That'll have. By the way, I got to give. Uh, Credit to uh, our buddy Dan Lust. Uh, now Dan thinks he's getting indicted, so that's going to be. Uh, 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 but I'll just read his tweet. Uh, from a statistical perspective, grand juries tend to indict far more often than not. To that end, there's an expression among lawyers that grand jury could indict a ham sandwich. sandwich. Yeah, Dan Lust helping me out. Uh, my buddy, and that's a yeah. Little, hey, that's a, I watch I watch Law and Order too. I've certainly heard that phrase before. Well, you can criticize me, but don't criticize Dan. But anyway, he said you don't investigate a case for a full year for absolutely no reason. The decision to now formally take the case to a grand jury means that any and all trade talks are off the table. That's what Dan says. Uh, so Dan is not taking a positive. Uh, uh, spin on right, what's but going if you, on. If you spin it forward with Rusty Harden's stance, which he may be talking out his ear hole, um, he thinks it's all going to be settled by Friday. They're going to have the grand jury. It's going to well, be great. I don't think he, he thinks it's going to be all settled by Friday. I think the, he thinks there's going to be more clarity by Friday. And I think, and I can only guess what Rusty is assuming is even if they indict him, he doesn't think it's a winnable case and he'll be able to work his magic and get that uh, no contest play. And then things will start to clarify very quickly. That's okay. that would be my guess. You read well. Uh, this is something we will find out over the course of the week. And for those of you who'll be back here tomorrow, thank you. For those who'll be here Friday, thank you. For those of you who'll be here Monday when maybe we have more clarity on the Deshaun Watson situation, thank you. And here's how you can show your thanks to us. What do we ask them to do, Johnny Mac? Like, share, subscribe. Big day, big Russell Wilson. A lot of people on here. I thought maybe we'd take a hit with Jason Kelsey, but we give you more information. God bless Jason. He's just out there giving you platitudes. We give you information. He's having uh, he's having some fun and having some yucks. We did today too. But yeah, thanks everybody who tuned in. Uh, we will be right back at it 22 hours from now in two and two here on Birds 365. If you missed any of today's show on the Jacob Media channel, listen to the podcast on your way home. Available on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old school greats and new school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.